Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend and co-worker Stan Wilson over at the Sports Wave. We're going to be talking about the uh, 2020 NFL Draft, uh, going over the first round and a little bit of the second round. We're going to go over our the top 10 picks of the draft, some players that we thought were overdrafted, some players that we thought were underdrafted, and then we're going to go over our winners and losers. So, to start off... Top 10 players in the draft, first pick off the board, Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Now, there was really no question about who was going number one. Even though the Bengals are a failed organization, you gotta, you could not have messed this up in any way, shape, or form. He had Joe Burrow had the greatest season in college football history. He's got everything you want. He's got the arm talent. He's got the accuracy. He's got the mobility. He's got the mind. He's got everything that you could possibly want in your starting quarterback. He's a 15-year quarterback to me. Let me know your thoughts. I think you absolutely nailed it there. He's the perfect quarterback as a talent. Um, Some people may complain about his arm strength and his deep ball, but if you look at the way he releases the ball and the, um, the, the trajectory of his throws, he can drive those balls into tight windows, and his arm strength has not been an issue for me so far. He may not have um, similar talent to Patrick Mahomes when it comes to his arm, but not an issue at all. And I think that was, this was absolutely the correct pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. It wasn't an issue for me either. Uh, when I made my player comparison, I compared him to Tony Romo. I thought he did uh, a lot of the same things that, that Tony Romo does. Of course, uh, when, I was, when I did the podcast with Drew, Drew pointed out that his arm, Tony Romo had elite arm talent and um, Joe Burrows is not quite there. But again... He can that's that's something that they can work on. And if you're such a complete player in every other aspect, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't have the greatest arm, but you know, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I also think Tom Brady's arm is incredibly underrated. He may not again have the bomb and the cannon of the arm that Patrick Mahomes does, but he can still drive the ball into tight windows and he drives the ball downfield well. It's a, exactly it's a common misconception because he takes checkdowns when they're given to him. If you, mm-hmm. gave, if you give him a check down every single play, Tom Brady will take it. Of course. So, moving on next, we have at two, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young. Now, Joe Burrow was consensus number one pick in the draft, but Chase Young was pretty much the consensus number one player in this draft. Uh, Chase Young was – he was completely – he dominated all the competition at Ohio State. Even when he played opposite Nick Bosa, he still found a way to uh, to make his impact known. And then when maybe people thought that because Nick Bosa was so good, that's why he was having such a great season. The sophomore season comes back in his junior season and has an even better season than even Nick Bosa had, who is now the reigning NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Like uh, Joe Burrow, he checks every box that you uh, that you have pretty much as a pass rusher. I uh, his his negatives are so minimal that I really don't think it makes that much of a, uh, it doesn't really show up uh, very often. I couldn't think of five things to, to name that were wrong with him. And that's pretty much better than anyone else that I've evaluated in the strap so far. Uh, I think that this was a home run pick. Uh, I did, I did um, a lot of people criticize me for thinking that the Redskins could have had more total value if they had traded back. And maybe garnered more picks and I uh, and started to uh, build up the rest of that team as well. But Chase Young is probably a future Hall of Famer. Uh, this was a home run to me. Absolutely, I got got to agree with you there. He's a pure athlete, and to go along with that athletic ability, he has the skill, he has the finesse, and yeah, absolute home run pick as you said. The only single criticism, and it's a tiny one that I have of him, is his arsenal of pass rush moves that he uses once he uses more of a variety of them and uses the correct move in the correct situations he will be unstoppable but yes that hasn't been an issue so far for him and I've no doubt that he will ball out when he goes and plays for the Washington Redskins Mm -hmm. so next the Lions at the number three slot pick Jeffrey Okuda so this uh, this one everyone seemed to be consensus on this as well like the top three picks, it was going to be Burrow, Young, and then Okuda. And if I thought again that the Lions should have traded back, 
Uh, everyone's talking about how they should have picked Akuda because they lost Slay, but it was pointed out to me they still they have Justin Coleman, and they signed Desmond Trufant as well. Uh, they have a pretty good secondary, and their their defensive line, their linebacker core is not the greatest thing in the world. I thought it would have been better to trade back and pick someone like Isaiah Simmons. But nonetheless, Okuda, like the other two, checks every box at the cornerback position. Uh, although I don't think that he was a great value pick, uh, I, I still think he's a great pick nonetheless. Akib Tlaib, it was my, uh, was my comparison. And his, his best attribute has to be to be able to cover is he does every coverage in the book. The only and his own his longest completion allowed last year was only twenty eight yards, or rather in his career at Ohio State. Okuda's biggest negative uh, is probably his lackluster tackling ability. But then again, you're not really looking for someone. If that's your cornerback's biggest weakness, you have no problem. Cornerbacks aren't exactly known for their great tackling at all, anyway. So I don't think that they have anything to worry about in that category. He's a little bad at the catch point, which is something that can be worked on, but he's the best cornerback in this draft, bar none. Then uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, um, I agree with this pick from Detroit completely. And with the, de- with the departure of Darius Slay, I feel that secondary really needed some help. And in a pass-first league, this just seems like the completely logical pick to me. Mm-hmm. On a number four, uh, the... New York Giants select Andrew Thomas. Uh, a lot of people didn't like this pick. A lot of people thought it should have been someone else, considering the position that they took. I, in my opinion, I think that he was the safest pick on the board. And when I was having this conversation with other people, we were talking about Mackay Becton and Jedrick Wills, and we're they basically were saying that they have the potential to be so good. Andrew Thomas, in my opinion, was the safest tackle on the board. He's been consistently good in his tenure uh, in Georgia. And when you're taking tackles that high, you're really looking for the uh, you're looking for the safer pick. An offensive lineman is not exactly someone that you want to take a chance on. So I thought that he was a great pick for the Giants. I my Giants friends were I live in New York. All my Giants friends pretty much love this pick as well. Again, I thought maybe they could have gone Isaiah Simmons, but I'm 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 glad that they went the route that they did. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, on my uh, on my mock draft, I did um, I had them taking Jedrick Wills Jr., the Alabama tackle, who, in my eyes, apart from Chase Young and Joe Burrow, was the third best player in this draft. His outstanding mm-hmm. use of hands, his footwork, his aggressiveness, everything about his game just ticked all of the boxes for me. However, um, with um, with Andrew Thomas, similarly to Jedrick Wills, you know what you're getting. You're getting a pro-ready starter. And he was my offensive tackle three behind Wills and Wirfs. However, obviously he's the top left tackle on the list, which I assume is what the Giants were going for. Right. And he's perfect for Gettleman. Gettleman loves his big boys up front. Right. <laughs> So next, we got Tua Tagovailoa to the Dolphins. Now, before I actually talk about Tua himself, I thought it was uh, a great move, although it didn't end up meaning anything in the end. I thought it was a great move for the um, <clears throat> for the Dolphins to pretend that they were interested in Justin Herbert, maybe knowing that the Chargers were interested, maybe wanting to trade up to take Herbert. You never know. <clears throat> I was puzzled at how much how much noise was around Herbert's name for Miami around Herbert? Because frankly, I don't think that he's nearly as polished as Tua is. Of course, Tua has the injury concerns, understandable. Uh, but he is such, he's a very, um, he's so much more of an NFL ready prospect than Herbert is to me. I thought that this was a great pick for them. Uh, and then again, I was talking on the podcast the other day. If you look at his timeline, you go back, he comes in at halftime when Jalen Hurts is having the worst game of his life, wins the championship, has a Heisman-type season last year, and then even after last year was the consensus number one pick for this year. And then barring that hip injury and an unprecedented 
unprecedented season from Joe Burrow, he was still the number one pick in this draft. So if you take those things away, he's still that, that, um, that polished prospect that he was last year and the year before. Uh, I think that this is a great pick for the Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be the face of that French franchise for years to come if they can protect him and give him the right weapons. His passer rating last season was, I've just seen this, 206. Absolutely phenomenal. And despite the fact he's going to lose his mobility, because obviously teams can be like Miami will be worried about letting him outside the pocket with his injury history, he still brings a lot of tools to the table. His pinpoint accuracy and his deep ball is phenomenal. I mean, of mm. course, there are a few criticisms of him. Like uh, he would, he takes checkdowns too often. People claim when there are deep balls open, but that's a small criticism for a quarterback. He threw yeah. only three interceptions last year. He is a first-rate quarterback. His arm strength, he does have a he does have an accurate deep ball, although he can't get it deep very much. Uh, and he does like to leave the pocket a little too much. But I uh, the Miami getting some offensive line help also helps that out a ton. So the next pick, with the sixth pick, the Chargers grab Justin Herbert. So I was just saying, I I don't think that Herbert's a very polished prospect. I think he has a lot of... Uh, Drew compared him to Carson Wentz. I think he's more of a Josh Allen-type prospect, but he doesn't... Uh, Josh Allen has, like, freakish mobility, which I didn't expect from him coming out. Uh, I don't think... Herbert has that. Herbert does have that, but he's not quite where Josh Allen is in that category. Um, and I don't think that the Chargers are going to be able to uh, to tailor the team around him as well as the as Sean McDermott and the Bills have. So we'll see how that goes. He is the third best quarterback in the draft, in my opinion, uh, or the third safest, because of course you have players like Jordan Love, who you would argue are better. But I think Herbert's a safer pick than Jordan Love. Uh, he's got the strong arm, but he's definitely a project is where I stand on him right now. Um, I didn't see anything super special about him whenever I did watch him play. But looking at his highlights, there's obviously something there. So I know that uh, I know that he can take that mantle from Phillip Rivers. So that's what the Chargers are hoping for. And. I love watching uh, quarterbacks like him play, so I'm hoping that he can uh, that he can live up to the hype. Yeah, um, Tyrod Taylor for me has to be the starter in in for the Chargers year one for Herbert. I, agree. I think Herbert needs time to develop, refine his accuracy, refine his footwork. Because although some people say, "Oh, he's got mechanical footwork," I feel that's an issue for him. Like as he adjusts and mm-hmm. goes through his read, it gets worse and worse. And for for he's a two read quarterback at the moment because. For his first two reads, he can deliver a good ball 90% of the time with questionable ball placement. However, for reads three and four, which, in all fairness, he never really has to go to, I feel his accuracy Mm. wavers there. But Scouts loved his arm. Scouts loved his poise. And so I I hope he can succeed. But he does not fill me with confidence. And so that's why I feel Tyler Taylor should be starting year one. He doesn't fill me with confidence really either. But... At the same time, the Chargers, um, the Chargers don't have a lot of positions of need. Of course, you have Derwin James, you have Casey Hayward, you have uh, Ingram Bosa. You your whole your defense is pretty much set up. You have you still have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. It's just Philip Rivers isn't there anymore. That was the biggest need for them. I think that uh, he was the best pick for them, considering what they what they need. But at the same time, I think that it would have been smarter for them to move up and try and grab a player like Tua Tagovailoa. Because although Miami does need him, I'm sure that they would have been uh, been more comfortable trading back and and waiting for that quarterback than the Chargers would have been. Uh, so next we have Derek Brown to the Panthers. I think Derek Brown is a great player. However, I didn't. I didn't like this pick very much at all. He is a great player, but I think he went way too high considering the position he plays. Uh, he, he plays an inherently less valuable position than, say, a player like Isaiah Simmons. Again, this is the point for me in the draft where I was watching, and I'm like, okay, this team's going to pick Isaiah Tim- Simmons. This team is going to pick Isaiah Simmons. 
And then it just never happened until, of course, your Cardinals ended up getting him with the next pick. Lucky you. Yes, sir. But Derek Brown, great player. With the loss of Luke Keekley, again, I thought Isaiah Simmons should have been the pick, considering he can play. He has that Derwin James-type versatility with that Jamal Adams-type explosiveness, which I think is – he's a once – he may not be the best player in this draft, but he is definitely the most unique player in this draft, and he's a once-in-a-generation-type potential uh, in terms of his versatility and what he can do on the field. I thought he would have been a, a better pick here. Derek Brown reminds me more of Akeem Hicks. He's not going to be Aaron Donald. He doesn't have uh, the same – I don't think that he has a potential to even be a Fletcher Cox. If you get Akeem Hicks out of him, it's, it's good. But at the same time, the value of that position in itself isn't too high anyway. So I didn't love this pick. However, again, he is a great player. So what is your uh, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, the whole left in that defense after Keekley's departure will be notable more than ever. And Simmons could have filled that, I think. He obviously wouldn't have had the day one impact that um, Keekley would have had, obviously as a veteran and one of the one of the smartest players in football. But he would have gone a long way to um minimalizing the um the loss of Keekley. Um Derek Derek mm-hmm. Brown. Going that high, I, I'm not a fan of at all. As a defensive tackle, if I'm going to take you with a top 10 pick as a GM, you need to be able to pass rush effectively and stop the run effectively. I feel he's more of a one-dimensional player, a, run, a run-stopping defensive tackle, which is absolutely fine, but not in the top 10. Yeah. Not in the top 10. He reminds me of Dex- Dexter Lawrence in a way, and Dexter Lawrence didn't have that impact right off the bat. That you, that you would want from him. Same thing with Quentin Williams. I mean, you're, you're seeing this over and over and over. These defensive tackles who are getting drafted up so high, it's like, come, you know, they're not helping your team in the way that you quite thought that they would. And especially with the loss of a player like, like a once-in-a-lifetime player like Luke Keekley, you'd think they'd be more eager to fill that spot. Yeah, it was a very interesting pick, and... I very surprising that the Cardinals managed to land Isaiah Simmons at the, like that late in the draft. I, I, I yeah, I, I did predict this. I did predict that Isaiah Simmons would fall down. Like I thought he would fall a bit further down, but I think GMs are sort of put off by his immense versatility and his uniqueness because they've just never seen it before. It's mm-hmm. it's like that saying. I don't know if you have it in America. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, jack of all trades. He's more of a master of yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I agree with you there, but I feel yeah, yeah, he slipped down way too far. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys got, and he's my favorite player in this whole draft. Uh, I, he may not be the best. He's definitely my favorite. I think that he just, he's an athletic freak. There's, there's never been. I've never seen anyone like him in terms of his athleticism. I, uh, on, on, the at the position that he plays. He's – I can't say enough about him, really. He's got the freakish athleticism. He plays – he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He can – he's great in coverage. He's great on uh, on tight ends. He could probably be put on a receiver even if he wanted to. He can rush the quarterback. He, I mean, there's nothing that he can't do. I thought that he's like the do-it-all player that a team like Carolina would have wanted. But, I mean, you guys got – I think he's the best value pick in this whole draft, considering where he fell to. Yeah, um, I do agree with you there. He was an absolute steal. For me, it was either Jedrick Wills or Isaiah Simmons. Either one I'd be happy with. And I'm even more happy with this Isaiah Simmons pick now that we've managed to steal Josh Jones in the third round. So a round of applause for Steve Kime. Right. Yeah, I, the, you know, save, save it because I, you might be spoiling my, my winner. <laughs> for this whole Sorry. draft. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So next we have um, CJ Henderson. CJ Henderson is a very um, is a very interesting pick. I don't know enough about CJ Henderson to uh, to make any huge like evaluation on him, but I think that he does have exceptional feet. Um, he recognized screens very very nicely. Uh, he's an uber athlete. He's a great athlete, but 
sometimes the the like the critic the one big criticism I see glaring in this game from watching minimal tape on him, he's a little too patient sometimes. You know, he uh, he trusts himself way too much to recover as opposed to being proactive. Uh, what what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, this pick made sense to me with the departure of Jalen Ramsey. Um, it just doesn't make sense to um to not pick him here. He's a, he's going to be a good he's going to be a good quarterback right. in the league, and it just completely made sense to me. And I think he managed all he managed all right. SEC honors at the end of the league by coaches. And he also he's underratedly fast. He runs a um four four forty. So I'm sure that will come in handy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a rough situation for the Jaguars because. Do you want to pick the because Jalen? He's not Jalen Ramsey now. He probably won't be Jalen Ramsey at at his peak. But so, do you pick him? Do you pick the position that you? Excuse me. Do you pick the position that you lost with your draft pick, knowing that he's probably never going to be that player? Or do you really just need to fill that position so much because you lost that player? It's all about it. It's a tough. Yeah. It's a tough situation. I think that they they made the right choice picking him because even though he probably won't be Ramsey, you it's a it's a must. You can't lose a, a player like Ramsey and not be able to fill that hole. Yeah, it's all about your draft philosophy as well. Whether you go for the holes or you go best player available, and I think they found a good balance of that in CJ Henderson mm-hmm. there. Right. So the last player in the top ten to the Cleveland Browns, Jedrick Wills Jr. So you, uh, from hearing you talk, you seem very high on Jedrick Wills. I think that he is most definitely the highest upside lineman in this draft. He's very agile. He reminds me a lot of uh, Quentin Nelson, the way that he, you know, just loves to, uh, just loves to beat the living, like he just loves to beat the life out of the uh, out of the opponent. However, I do think that he is a little, um, he he's a little too eager. He's a little too excited to demolish the opponent as opposed to trying to beat them fundamentally. That would probably be my only uh, my negative on him. He's a great player. I think that the Browns got some excellent protection for Baker Mayfield. Um, I, I disagree with you there on the, um, on the patience front and uh, him being too eager. He demonstrates an mm. elite ability to balance the way he positions himself. He keeps his hips parallel to the ongoing rusher whilst keeping his shoulders forward. And um, he really allows. Sorry, the uh, the other way around. Even he keeps his hip, hips parallel to the line with his shoulder with his shoulders forward, and the way the way he goes about his pass sets, he keeps himself square. So he can, when faced with a stunt, he doesn't commit to the man that they want him to commit to and leave the outside free. He will keep himself balanced between the two rushes and only commit when he needs to. And I feel he is the best offensive tackle in this class and has a good chance of going to yeah offensive tackle has a good chance yeah. of going to Canton as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I his upside is undeniable. I thought he was a great pick for the Browns. Um, so now that wraps up the top ten. Let's talk about some players that we thought were perhaps overdrafted. I think that the first person who really stood out to me as being overdrafted, besides Derek Brown, Henry Ruggs. That's interesting. A lot of people were very high on Henry Ruggs. Uh, a lot of people disagree with me when I said this. But he's a great player. He's He has remarkable speed. Uh, I think his route running is very underrated. And I don't think he's necessarily a deep threat. Because he, although he can go deep, he's not... Uh, they didn't use him very much as a deep man. They uh, Nick Saban saw the other aspects of his game and decided to use that instead but he's uh in my opinion he's a little slow off the line of scrimmage and he's small he's not really able to use his body so when he's going against bigger stronger faster uh defensive backs in this league i don't know that he's going to be as effective <clears throat> however i do think he's an amazing player i thought the raiders could have traded back for him because i'm sure that Almost every other team in the league had C.D. Lamb, had Jerry Judy ahead of him, and maybe even some other players. Like, uh, I'm sure the Eagles still would have drafted Jalen Rager if Henry Ruggs was still on the board. But 
Uh, he's a great player. I thought he was a little bit overdrafted. What do you think about um, that? Well, I think John Gruden got his guy. He, st- he stated before the draft, and uh, sorry, he didn't state. There were rumors going around before the draft. John Gruden wanted Henry Ruggs, and he got he got his guy. And I feel that if you've got the guy that you want, then you should go for him. Make sure you get him. Don't risk it. Don't trade back and risk it. It's the same thing with the Giants last year taking Daniel Jones. If they are certain that he is their guy, they can't risk him falling. They have to take him. And he is. Mm-hmm. I feel like the risk with Henry Ruggs falling was a lot. Uh, was a lot more than Daniel Jones. A lot of people had Daniel Jones as a day two player. I thought they could have waited till the next day to pick him. But uh, Henry Ruggs, I agree that um, the risk of him falling was a lot higher or was a lot lower yeah, than absolutely. Daniel Jones. Absolutely, and I was surprised that CD Lamb was the third receiver taken off the board. I was certain Denver. Yeah, me too. He was, was my number one. Broncos were going to take him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Broncos, they did, uh, they still got an amazing receiver in Jerry Judy. Uh, they were kind of interchangeable to some people, which I can see. I did have Lamb edging out Jerry Judy slightly, but I can understand um, where they're coming from. Yeah. In the end, I mean, now the Broncos receiver core is that's the whole Broncos just ridiculous offense. now. Is that... Yeah. I Drew Locke was showing real promise at the end Melvin of the year. Gordon. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, uh, the double-headed monster in the backfield, and then you got, yeah, Melvin Gordon too, and then you got um, uh, Cortland Sutton. You have Jerry Judy, and who, uh, who else did they pick last night? Um, uh, was it Cushion Cushionbury? I think center out of um, LSU. I thought they picked another they receiver pick, last they might night. Picked twice actually. I'll just double check this. Yeah, I'll look right now. They picked KJ Hamler, wide receiver at Penn State. Right, yeah. And KJ Hamler was my seventh receiver, or seventh or eighth, I can't remember right now. But he's – that whole offense is looking scary now, and you still have Von Miller, and you have um, uh, Chubb on the other side. Yeah. Uh, the, that, that team is looking amazing. That that's a playoff team. Yeah, next absolutely. Year. And I really like the pick of um Cushionbury in the third round as well, because some some analysts had him as a second round or, th- or even first round prospects. Yeah, I I think he was. He was one of the players that I wanted um uh, that I wanted my Steelers to take. I like the pick that we made with uh, uh Chase Claypool. I think that he's a great receiver for our offense, considering that we we can't we picked up Eric Ebron in the off season, but we still kind of needed that big body tight end. Um, he's, he runs a four, four, two, which is amazing for, uh, for a six, four receiver. He's absolutely yeah. huge. So I love that pick, but Cushionberry, if we were going to go offensive line, Cushionberry was my guy. So, uh, next to my overdrafted, I put, I didn't want to say this because I didn't think he was so much overdrafted as he was just what the hell were they thinking when they picked him? And I think, you know, who, exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell were the Eagles thinking with this? I mean, talk about wasting Wentz's prime. Now, I mean, Wentz may be wasting his own prime involuntarily with all the injuries, but you got to show some confidence. I, in this I, I don't feel confident in Wentz at all. I, I love him as a quarterback. I love him as a quarterback. Really? But his durability. Yeah, I do too. He's not there. He cannot play a full season without getting injured. Therefore, they have to ensure themselves. Right. So you like no, the Hurts pick? I don't. It's difficult. It's a really difficult situation. <laughs> like, you, perhaps they could trade. I think they could have traded back because he's not. He's. You said, Ruggs was the Raiders guy. Don't risk trading back. But you already have your quarter. You yeah, have your franchise absolutely. quarterback. You don't need Jalen Hurts yeah. right now. I think that they could have traded 100%. back. For him. I like that them taking a better option. I don't like them taking Jalen Hurts. Did you uh, were you more confident in someone else maybe like Jake, Jake Fromm, Fromm or in the late in much um, later rounds? So. Jake Fromm in round five or six because his ceiling for me at the moment is backup quarterback. So they could they could. Uh-huh. Do you think he's do you think he's more of a a Mason Rudolph, someone who might flame out, or someone like a Drew Locke who has a lot of um, who will show a lot of I potential? I don't know what to expect from Jake Fromm because we like we we can't skirt around this. He disappointed at Georgia. 
he was inaccurate and his arm strength just wasn't there. However, I feel he he, he still could be right. a successful backup quarterback in the NFL, but nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could ever have not the potential with his arm to be more than that? Arm strength for me is not a massive. It's not a massive thing mm-hmm. as long as it is average, or a good standard. His is below average, so for right. me, he's a write-off as a starter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I did put Derek Brown on there too. I thought he was overdrafted, but we already spoke about that. Uh, do you have anyone who you thought um, was a bit overdrafted? Austin, Jack- Austin Jackson, the left tackle out of USC that the Dolphins picked 18th overall. Um, he's an absolute athlete, don't get me wrong. He's 6'5", 225 pounds and runs um, 5.07 unofficial 40-yard time. He's an outstanding athlete. He can get um, to the second level very quickly on his cut, on cut blocks. And yeah, he's, he's a pure athlete. However, he was taken way too early, I think. I think they could have waited another 15 picks and he would have still been there. And we can look at the fact that the the next tackle taken uh-huh. off the board was in the second, sorry, seventh pick of the second round, Robert Hunt out of um, Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. So they clearly could have waited on him. However, yeah, I'm, I wasn't I wasn't super high on him either. He's he's a bit too soft. Yeah, he's honestly, got in my opinion, issues. like he's yeah, and he he's just. I'm trying to. If I were to describe him in one word, it would just be soft. He's a raw prospect, really. <laughs> yeah, he gets torn up. Uh, he will get torn up by NFL caliber, like, you know, edge defenders. And he's he's slow sometimes, and he's kind of low effort at, at times too. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of tape on him, but from what I've seen, not a great pick in my opinion. Yeah. I thought they could have won as well. I've got two more. Um, Noah Igbenogany. Igbenogany. I hope I'm saying that right, but um, that was a very confusing pick. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I do have a side question. Is it uh, is it easy for you or hard to um to uh to change between pounds um, and kilograms? I don't know how to do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just see the I number see and you I uh... see the numbers. It's a completely different thing. Like I don't know how to relate the two things really. Like I put my own weight into pounds recently. To see how I'd shape up, I think I came out as like two ten or something. But yeah, just I still don't know what it means really. <laughs> I just yeah. In the context of NFL and American yeah. football in general, like it makes sense. But anything else, not a clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you have anyone um, who thought was a bit well? Overrated? Not necessarily overrated, but I just don't understand the pick. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Overdrafted. What the hell was that? Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't like, get it. I don't get it. You have ten tight ends Jimmy, on your roster. Was Jimmy Graham, they paid him like nine million, was it? And now you've, you're picking your tenth tight end. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. You picked Jimmy Graham. You didn't have to. You cut yeah. Trey Burton. You didn't have to. And now, now you have tight ten tight ends on your roster when you have in, yeah. infinite holes. You have Allen Robinson, who's amazing. In my opinion, Allen Robinson is a top 10 quarterback. Maybe, okay, top 15 quarterback in this league. Tariq Cohen is a top three gadget player in this league. You, you, but you still don't have a quarterback. Nick Foles. That's besides the point. You, you brought in Nick Foles. Honestly, doesn't make much of a difference to me than really? where they were with Mitchell Trubisky. And then on that, that defense is not going to – if one thing has been certain in the NFL the past 10 years, defenses don't stick together. That defense is going to fall apart at some point. You might as well uh, back it up in some way. I mean, Khalil Mack is there. Amazing. You have that D-line, and those linebackers are amazing. That, um, your defensive backs, great. But guys leaving free agency, guys get old, guys get injured. Yeah, Things happen. Cole Komet for me. You don't Doesn't need another sense, tight end. You've still got Grant Delpit, Antoine Winfield, Jalen Johnson, Trevon Dix, who will come within 20 picks afterwards. Just does not make sense at all. And <laughs> it, uh, that, that one, that one made Ryan absolutely no sense this. to me. I had, yeah, 
and they were they looked elated. They looked genuinely happy that they they're like, oh, I can't believe he fell to to us. I'd love to see what, what are you happy they about? run next year if they decide to keep all ten of these tight ends. Do <laughs> you imagine going back to like, like some single win offense? <laughs> you just run. Yeah, you just run like uh, zero five personnel the entire time. Just run five tight ends. No, uh, no running backs. It's like no that, receivers. It's like that um, Madden formation, the <laughs> heavy Panthers formation that everyone abuses for Lamar Jackson. That's what they're going to be doing. So, do you have any more uh, overrated, uh, um, overdrafted those, players? Those were, the, those were the main three on my list. Yeah. So to underdrafted players, I thought uh, I put four names on here. Christian yeah. Fulton to the Titans. He's got, I mean, this guy's a freak. He's got amazing balance, and he can defend the whole route tree. I think that he was a great, great value pick. He's not, um, he's not Akuda, he's not Henderson, but he's right there in that third, in that even second tier, maybe, uh, of. Um, of defensive backs. So what what do you think about Christian I Fulton dropping? That coming. I, I just could that was completely unpredictable to me. Yeah. I thought he would be maybe a first round, early second round guy. Fell way too far off my list. And especially as the fact is that uh GMs love to draft LSU DBs. Like obviously they are the DBU, like undisputably. But whether like that right. LSU carries carries a certain amount of prestige with it and like letting an LSU DB fall that far is, is unheard. It's, yeah, you're exactly. surprised that the cloud, cloud didn't... Yeah, it's unheard. Yeah. So I, I was very surprised at that. Yeah. Uh, my next guy was uh, Josh Jones. <laughs> this He's one of those players that fell so far that I forgot that he was still there. I was thinking about the entire time, I'm like, are there any players on here? That are still on the board, who, I uh, who should have been like you know, in the first round, when 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 they were in the third round at this point, I'm thinking, were there any first round players that are still on the board now? Josh Jones, I I honestly don't know how he fell that far right into the hands of your team. He's got an outstanding technique, his hands, his mobility, and he's a he's a freak. He's a freak in terms of his size, his height, weight. Length with mix is yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Um, I think that's absolutely like a, an amazing pick from Steve Cohen there. And quite frankly, how did he get there? How did other GMs allow him to fall that far? Like my my only skepticism about taking Isaiah Simmons is that we hadn't filled a need at tackle in depth at tackle because our O line, quite frankly, just it gets. We get injured every single year, and someone ends up getting hit, someone ends up getting hurt, and it's been Carson Palmer in the past, and it was obviously Kyler Murray now. But I'm glad. I'm glad we have protection. Mm-hmm. And he was my fourth he, ranked he was num- tackle, number five for me. But I'm after who? Wills, Beckton, Worth. So my my Werf's. list was I had Wills at the top, then Worths, and then Thomas, Beckton, and then Jones. Okay. Uh, we have breaking news here. Trent Williams traded to San Francisco. Redskins trade their seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle Trent Williams to the 49ers for a 2020 fifth rounder and a 2021 third rounder. That's that's very surprising. I would, I would assume he would carry more trade value than that, but that really just shows that he was he was done with, with Washington after the um, medical scandal that he, happened there. Right. As a team... You have to make the right decision. You're gonna say the Redskins are not winning. Um, they're not winning a championship. Him leaving is not gonna hurt their championship odds at all whatsoever. They weren't anywhere near there anyway. You try and get what you can out of him while you can, instead of losing him for nothing. I think that that was a good, good trade for both teams. They got something out of uh, a player that they didn't have much value to them, and the San Francisco 49ers added. Um, Added a player at the position that uh, was hurting last year. So, yeah, come on, great why do you have to go to NFC West though? Not after that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it honestly with the way that you guys are building your team up. Uh, so next, uh, AJ Epinesa. 
another guy who I just who I was thinking who is still on the board that I'm forgetting that should have been drafted a long time ago. AJ Epinesa, you mix his size with his uh, with this amazing combination of his power and his flexibility. This guy is a freak athlete. He's prob- probably the most uh, the most powerful non offensive lineman in this draft and non defensive tackle in this draft. He's a freak. And I've, I have, he was my 20th um, uh, player on my big board. I have no idea how he fell this um, far. I think the combine hurt him. The fact he only put up 17 reps on the bench press. Um, however, you're right. On tape, his strength shows up. His ability shows up. He gets leverage on tackles and um, guards. And so, yeah, it seems like he fell way too far. And it's another example about how the combine can be yeah. very misleading. Yeah. And I I wrote an entire scouting report on Jalen Rager, and I wrote an, a whole a whole section on why the combine didn't matter. And ultimately, you ultimately you will see why it doesn't matter in Rager's case. You will see why it doesn't matter in Epinesa's case. Uh, Rager, by the way, also got 17 reps on the bench press. Rager and Epinesa are not anywhere near each other in terms of strength. Epinesa is far and away the stronger player, which means more in the position that he plays. Ultimately, I think it was stupid that everyone passed on him. Uh, the Bills, much like the Redskins, are rebuilding their entire uh, defensive defensive front. Now they have Ed Oliver, you have Epinesa, and then you have um, you have Terrell. Uh, uh, excuse me, um, what's his name? Tremaine Edmonds uh, in the linebacker core. You have Tre'Davious White in the back. They're stacking that defense yeah. uh, to help Josh Allen. Take some pressure off yeah, of him. Yeah, fills the hole left by jo- yeah Jordan Jordan You're Phillips saying, sorry. left to go and join my Cardinals. He, um, yeah, fills the hole left by him, and um, yeah, great pick. And going back to the bench press, I, I'm 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 fascinated as to why it carries so much value because it only works out like one set. It only works out like a certain amount of muscles on your body. It doesn't work out the, like the whole the whole group of them. Yeah, it works out your chest and yeah. a little bit of your triceps. <laughs> you know, like. What is? Yeah, I don't understand the big deal about that. It's your triceps and your pecs. That's it. And you can't you can't tell me that having yeah. bigger triceps and bigger pe- pecs instantly makes you a better prospect than someone else. Like it's absurd. Exactly. Plus, it's not like he's going up to these uh, uh to these defensive linemen, <laughs> and they're just pushing yeah. like without their legs, say. Like a lot of this is leg strength, a lot of this is agility, the ability to get around someone. And you're telling me that all the tape you saw on him, and even when he wasn't trying to get around people, yeah, his bull rush. You're telling me that watching all of that, that that wasn't enough to convince you, but the 17 reps on the bench yeah. press was enough Should, to repel you from taking yeah. him. Should they perhaps That's have a leg press event at the NFL Combine as well? I think leg press yeah. would be a lot better, but I think that you should stagger the um, the exercises depending on the position. I think leg press would matter a lot more for, like, say, an offensive a lineman rather than for a uh, a receiver, say, right, or a quarterback. Exactly. I think chess, I, uh, um, the uh, the bench press matters a lot more for a quarterback because chest strength has a lot to do with your arm talent. Yeah. Well. Your ability to throw up that bar matters a lot uh, in terms of how far yeah. you can throw that ball. Of course, was it Jay Cutler who put up an, um, a ridiculous amount on the, Jay, on the um, bench press a few years ago? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did. And I mean, Jay Cutler had one of the most, had one of the strongest arms in NFL history. Yeah. So, so on to my next player who fell way too far. Uh, Grant Delpit to the Browns. Unfortunately for me, the Browns had an amazing draft. I uh, they're in my division, so I, I'm not way too fond of them. <laughs> uh, he's Grant Delpit has great short area uh, quickness, and he just kind of sees the game differently. You know he he breaks those uh, he breaks those routes like an NFL yeah, veteran. Absolutely. And he's an, again another LSU. Uh, yeah, defensive Browns track. nailed the draft so far. And um, sticking with the topic of the Browns, I can't wait to see the matchup of TJ Watt 
versus Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills. Like that's gonna be, that's gonna be a tough matchup for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I still think the Steelers D line gets the edge. You got Watt, Tuitt, um, uh Hayward. We lost Javon Hargrave, but we um, I uh, we still have we just drafted another uh, outside linebacker yesterday, James Heisman, I think his name oh, is. Look. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, but he's he was nicknamed the Sack Monster. He broke Colorado's. Uh, he yeah, broke Alex, Colorado's uh, sack Alex record. Highsmith. He looks like a like a Alex very Highsmith, polished Charlotte. prospect. Highsmith, right? So, yeah, he Charlotte. Excuse me, I said Colorado. He looks a lot like um like an Epinesa light, considering we got him later on. I uh, I expect him to be a little not, not too good as Epinesa, but their games definitely remind me of each other. And I'm in love with Epinesa's game, so hopefully I'll, I'll like his. I didn't get to watch any tape on him at all whatsoever. So I'm going basically just on the fact that um, I saw it, his his best highlights basically last night as soon as he got drafted. So, of course, they're going to be cherry-picked to look great. But from what I saw from him, he looks he looks like a good pick to me. Uh, but Grant Delpit, so what are your, uh, what's your opinion on him falling? the Best Defensive Back in America award? Or was that Fulton? I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, either way, it should. Have, yeah, either way, it should. Either way, it should. Could have, have been either one of them. But <laughs> Fulton will be a great addition for that secondary, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's he. Grant Grant Delpit falling yeah. was was stupid. With the amount of teams in the league right now that need safety help. You can't you can't pass on a player like him at a position that's so important now. Uh, do you, who are your players who got a, who are a bit underdrafted? Out of Baylor. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. All my friends are Jets. Uh, all my friends are either Jets or Giants fans. All my Jets friends, I were like, is Mims can't fall to us? There's no way Mims is gonna fall to us. And then he yeah, fell to them, and it was, it was insane. He, he needs to work on his route running because he ran a limited um, limited tree at Baylor. But once he's refined that, I think he could become a top top receiver for them. Right. And again, relating to my Steelers, I love the pick and chase Claypool. Claypool. I thought that um, I thought Mims was – I had him higher rated uh, on my big board. But at the same time, I mean – I think Claypool fits the Steelers better, but Denzel Mims falling that far was absurd to me. Now, there were two scenarios that could have happened in terms of drafting receivers this year, and it was either it was either everyone's going to wait to take them because they're going to say, oh, there's so many receivers this year, we can get our guy in the later rounds. But then if you look at that, vice versa, if everyone thinks that, then everyone's going to jump on the receivers as soon as possible. That didn't happen. You have players like Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb falling, uh, Henry Ruggs falling out of the top 10, falling into the late teens. And so that pushed players like Mims back. But there were players drafted before Mims that I I didn't really understand. In the second rounds, I think players like Higgins, Pittman, Chenault, Claypool. Yeah, Mims falling that late is pretty ridiculous in my eyes. Yeah. Do you have anyone else who was um, uh, who you thought was a bit underdrafted? I don't. I don't think so. Actually, sorry, going back to overdraft. That um, AJ is it AJ Dillon? I don't know how you pronounce it, but AJ AJ Dillon, uh, running back out of Boston College, taken in the second. <laughs> I didn't really. I didn't. Didn't make it. Make yeah. it. Let's let's go straight into our losers because Green Bay were my losers. And he was there. He he was one of their picks. So you go right ahead and start off my loser category. Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't get his he doesn't get his weapons. He gets someone who he has to he has to teach. And it's like that whole um, situation back when he was drafted. um, And Brett Favre, Brett Favre, whatever his name is, however you say his name, um, Favre. (laughs) I can't say it with my accent for some reason. But yeah, 
yeah, yeah I wait, wait till you phone. have you ever this seen it why, spelled this is why i struggled to say it because in my head i picture the um, i picture the way you spell it and so it obviously goes far but of course it's not is it yeah <laughs> i had a friend of mine who met him uh a few years ago and she doesn't watch football so she said oh she took a picture with him and she's she said just met brett Farve, and then she spelled F A R V E, and I'm like, I hope you know that you spelled that completely yeah. wrong. <laughs> but you were, uh, you were talking about AJ Dillon as one of your players who you thought was overdrafted. Uh, that's like the perfect segue into the into the whole Packers thing. So go AJ off on AJ Dillon. I, I, I don't have him in the second round pick at all. He's a power, he's a power back. He did well at Boston College in a weak conference, but I don't see that. I don't see the hype with him. I'm trying to work out what other um what other running backs are available, but they still have Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and he he was he was he, he was awesome. He's an awesome running back, and so exactly. I don't understand why you draft AJ Dillon that highly. Not only do you have Aaron Jones, but they were saying, oh, now they have that guy that can catch balls out of the backfield. First of all, Aaron Jones can do that. Second of all, Jamal Williams can do that. So. Now you're stacking up a position that, again, we talked yesterday a little bit about this. We didn't talk in too much depth because you really can't do that over text. But uh, the, a lot of people know my feelings on running backs. I don't think running backs are that valuable. I don't think the running game is that valuable. I think running backs are kind of replaceable. But if you are going to go running back, why would you pick one if you already have it? The same thing with, uh, with the Lions. They picked uh, – did they uh, pick yeah, DeAndre, Lions, Swift? DeAndre Swift? I didn't understand that. You've got you've – got... You've got Carryon Johnson, exactly. I don't understand. They took DeAndre. Sw- you have Carryon Johnson. I don't like the destination. Yeah, I think that transcendent running backs can make a difference, but there's no point in taking a guy like Dillard that high. That that made no absolutely no sense to me, and that goes straight into my loser category about the Green Bay Packers. So I'll start from the bottom up. You take Josiah DeGuara. You take a tight end. You take probably someone in the in the fringe top five of tight ends in in probably the Absolutely. worst tight end class that we've ever seen. Uh, then uh, you have AJ Dillon, who we just went over, and then Jordan Love. So you have a 13-win Packers team who, although I did think that they their record was a little uh didn't tell the whole story. I think their record was a little better than they were. Uh, you still have a Packers team that won 13 and three. You have an Aaron Rodgers who is still, although he's not in his prime anymore, he's still capable of winning a Super Bowl if you surround him with the proper weapons. It takes you 15 years, 2005, you took a quarterback. 15 years, never took a receiver, running back, tight end in the first round until you take that quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers in 2020. Now, I thought that the Steelers should have been thinking about the contingency plan for Big Ben. He's 38. He just had elbow surgery. You need to start doing that. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers is 36. He hasn't shown really any signs of declining that should that should make you be worried about what he's going to give you on the field every week. And he's now he has Devontae Adams, and who's the two guy? Is it Lazard? Is it Valdez? Uh, is it Marquez Valdez Scantling? Is it um, Equinemius St. Brown? Yeah, but those guys were put in a turnstile all through last year. So, what is it? So now you have the backup. I think that Jordan Love was a good pick in terms of you give him a few years behind Rodgers, he can be great. But at the same time, you're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. You won 13 games last year, and you have the chance to add a player who can transcend that offense, a receiver that can take some of the pressure off Adams, and then therefore take some of the pressure off Rodgers, and you take a quarterback, made no sense to me. I thought the Packers – I think the Packers are losing this draft. I think that they've been – Yeah, I think um, Jordan Love won that pick. That's a perfect pick for Jordan Love as a player, but – for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, yeah. For Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization, yeah. you get to. 
You get to sit behind yeah, Aaron exactly. Rodgers. Sit behind him. You don't have to play year That's one awesome. because you're not a polished quarterback yet. And yeah, but for the Packers and for Aaron Rodgers, this pick is a massive loss for them, and I don't don't understand the logic behind it. People are saying, "Oh, be patient. He could develop into an amazing player." But you have Aaron Rodgers. He is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and he still has a Super Bowl in him if you can provide him with the tools. Yeah, those who know me know that I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. The first sports thing that I ever wrote in my life, I was like 12 years old and I was writing a report about why Aaron Rodgers was the most talented quarterback in NFL history. Aside from Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, in terms of what he can do, is he has the most tools of any quarterback in NFL history. He still has those tools, not as great as in his prime, but he still has those tools. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I get it. He doesn't have the stats like Drew Brees. He doesn't have the championships like Brady. He doesn't even have the talent as Mahomes, I would say. But he is, besides Mahomes, he's the most transcendent quarterback that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And he still has that. I don't, I I didn't get the pick. I thought you could have waited for it. And they traded up for him, by the way, giving up draft capital to get him. Also didn't make sense to me. Fine. You trade back. They still could have taken a player like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, any of those receivers taken after. Exactly, yeah. They could have waited and taken Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. And, <laughs> it... and a, pl- a player yeah, like Denzel Mims could have been a Rogers. perfect complement to a player like Devontae Adams. Yeah, and it's sad because you don't you don't help him at all throughout his career where he was basically carrying you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they've drafted defense, 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 defense. But even in there, they've shown incompetence. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had a top 10 defense two times in his whole career. One time he won the Super Bowl. The next year, he went 15-1 and and lost after putting 45 points in a playoff game. And then after that, he's never had a top 10 defense since then. So that that's a travesty in itself. But then when you have the opportunity, when they finally have a good defense again last year, and that defense is all returning this year, and you have the opportunity to add a player on offense to help, because Aaron Rodgers had the most checkdowns of any quarterback last year. Uh, it was part of their offense, I get it. The screen game was a huge part of their offense, to, uh, with Aaron Jones especially. But you have a chance to add another outside receiver, and – that yeah, it yeah, was it was there. a travesty in Completely. my opinion. Um, yeah, who? Do you who are your losers? Because I've got a big winner from this draft. Depp. Yeah. In terms yeah. of individual, I, I have player, a big winner as well. Derek Carr. <laughs> he get. He gets. He gets weapons. He's got Henry Ruggs. He's got uh, Lincoln Bowler now. He's got Brian Brian Edwards. Three new receivers, and he gets to keep his job. Because there was there were skeptics before the draft who were saying, "What if Gruden wants to take another quarterback, someone like Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, someone like that?" Exactly. Yeah, and they, so apparently they were in the Tom Brady sweepstakes a, as well. He gets to keep his job, which is always a plus, and B, he gets new targets. Mm-hmm. Um, they Did they draft any offensive linemen? I forget. In the fourth round, out of Clemson, God. I I can't say I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I I didn't love what the Raiders have been doing so far, but in terms of an yeah, individual I mean, player, yeah. Derek Carr can definitely be seen coming out of this as a winner. I uh, yeah. my number one winner is it's your Cardinals. I mean, we went over this before. You got two players who had no business being in the area that you got them. Isaiah Simmons falling to eight. I thought he should have been. I thought he should have been the three pick, the four pick, the five. <laughs> I know. I thought he should have been the three pick, the four pick, the seventh pick, the eighth pick, and you ended up getting him at eight. That was uh, that was an amazing pick. Josh Jones yeah. falling that far was kind of ridiculous to me, and I don't know how on earth you ended up landing him as well. You get Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray uh, is an insane athlete. He has a lot of mobility but he does have the tendency to bail on clean pockets sometimes, and that's because the offensive line would collapse on him a lot of times. 
So you get you get someone on that offensive line to help out, cover his blind side. You get him, of course, you have DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. And then you add Isaiah Simmons on the back end of that defense. Yeah. And you still have Chandler Jones on the front lines. Now you have that that team is gonna that is Kyler Murray is my um he's my guy who like yeah. that second year player who Absolutely. just lights up everyone, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, the Carson Wentz MVP type season. He's my next second year quarterback yeah. that goes completely wild. Lamar Jackson last year. This is his chance. I think that he has that type of potential. He has the arm talent that a player like uh, Deshaun Watson has, but he also has the mobility that a player like uh, not so much Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's got more than that. Maybe a player like Josh Allen has. Kyler Murray speeds on the right. Kyler Murray is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. I would say he's somewhere between. His, his, I would his, I would say he's somewhere between uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson underrated. in terms of his. Mo- Just because he did a forty-yard dash time at the um, at the combine. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, neither did Lamar Jackson. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> ever everyone passed on him. So, uh, yeah. So your Cardinals you. are my Cardinals. winner. Do you and, have any other the, winners? Um, Cleveland Browns. They've gone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say the Browns just because for for my own uh, for my yeah, own uh, I appreciate that, mental. They've gone health. from having one of the worst like tackle groups in the league to suddenly signing Jack Conklin. You've now got Jedrick Wills, who's likely going to slide over and play left tackle, and then you take you take a player like Delpit, and I I feel they've mm-hmm. they've 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 drafted very smartly here. But yeah, Cardinals absolutely. And if you look at the pick that we would have had in the second yeah. round that was involved in the Hopkins trade, I agree. Which is Forty. So essentially, we traded Ross Blacklock and David Johnson for the best wide receiver in football. Absolute steal. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Let let's. Uh, <laughs> oh. I feel so bad for the Texans. I Absolutely. I don't feel bad for the Texans. Yeah. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He he comes out as a loser in every move that the front office of the Texans make. Yeah, I agree. Deshaun Watson comes out as a loser. It's hot. Uh, you. <laughs> Yeah, they they gave away his best receiver. That that was the icing on the cake for me. And honestly, there was a ton of stuff before that. And then yesterday they give Laramie Tunsil twenty two million dollars a year over three years. That I I, I don't know. I, I didn't love that. I thought that in ter- when you when you're building an offensive line, if your whole offensive line is terrible, but you have one good offensive lineman, that. That's not desirable. It's a lot more desirable to have a bunch of yeah, average definitely. offensive linemen, in my opinion, um, at least. Yeah, that, that right side of the line is still going to be incredibly weak. Tunsil is Tunsil's a left tackle, right, isn't he? Yeah, so that right side of the line then is still going to be completely weak and ex- open to exposure. Yes. Yeah, the only way they try to address that is by drafting um, Solomon Kindley out of, out of Georgia in the fourth round. But other than that, I don't. I don't. I, I feel bad for Sean Watson, as you said. I mean, it's just, it's just sad. <laughs> They're gonna waste his prime, and I mean, what is, what he hasn't said anything about it, and I, I commend him for that. But you have to be talking to the players and or to the uh, to the, the people in that front office, Bill O'Brien. You got to say like, man, I have, no desire to be here if you're just gonna tear yeah, this team apart. I feel sorry for him. I'm trying to work break out by when, break. He's when he's a free agent now, because. If he carries on to be treated like this, then I can't see him staying there. Yeah, I mean, ideal scenario: as many quarterbacks as possible become unhappy with their uh, with their current um, situation, and the Steelers have someone to pick up because we have no contingency plan for our thirty-eight-year-old QB right now. Uh, I'm not so high on Winston. I'm not so high on Cam Newton. Um, have um, if if a player yeah, like Deshaun Watson ever hit the market, that would that would be a dream come so true for me. One year, 
Beautiful. Two years, Ben Roethlisberger's 40 years old, out the yeah, door. You never know. Deshaun Watson falls That's right into our lap. If Ben Roethlisberger lasts that long. Mm-hmm. Um, my, Anything my else before we wrap this actually, up? Cam Akers to the Los Angeles Rams. I, I love this pick. I think he will be he will go on to be their feature back. And uh-huh. he's got four four he's got four four seven speed, ability to bounce outside. He's elusive, powerful, athletic, a natural receiver, and I love this pick in every way. He will be the perfect replacement for Todd Gurley. Good. Good for that. No, no, I think I'm I think so, I'm fine. Uh, anything you'd like to plug for yourself? Awesome. So, Stan Wilson, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, Stan is my coworker over at the Sports Wave. Uh, please keep up with the articles that we're constantly posting over there. I uh, like social media, anything. Thank you very much for listening and, and you. enjoy your quarantine, peoples. Have a good day.